This episode is sponsored by Rehoy and Son, big supporters of local sport. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks once again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Well, after 280 days, Guernsey FC's long wait for a home win was ended on Saturday. We'll be reflecting on their much-needed weekend victory with new face but old hand Dave Merris and talking about his long career in non-league and league football. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me, as ever, is the Guernsey Press Sport Editor, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you, Gareth. We'll also have reaction to the latest Stranger Cup action. But let's start with the fun at last at Footslane. Um, GFC got the better of relegation rivals Sutton Common Rovers by a single goal. It came from Sam Murray in the first half. Um, the Green Lions battling hard for the win against a side reduced to 10 men for much of the second half. It was a crucial three points. Here's what their manager, Tony Vance, told Gareth after the game. Must be nice to be able to talk about a win, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, uh, relief, I think, to be honest. I mean, uh, first, I thought the first 20, 25 minutes we were really good. Um, deserved to be ahead. And, uh, yeah, we were on the money then. And um, then, then we sort of lost our way a little bit for the last sort of 15 minutes and stopped doing the things that, that had got us into that ascendancy. Um, but uh, maybe credit to them because they, they sort of, they perhaps stopped us doing what we were doing. Um, second half... Um, we tried to get back to that sort of sort of A game, if you like, from the first 15, 20 minutes, but it never really got going. And uh, the sending off probably caused us all sorts of problems, to be honest. You think, well, that's that's brilliant, you know, it's ideal for just what we need. But um, they, fair play to them, they had a right good go, and we, we were hanging on, obviously, from about, I don't know, last 25 minutes, <laughs> which, which shouldn't be the case, to be honest, uh, because uh, ultimately... Um, you know, I'd say, you know, they got 10 men, but that's often the case, isn't it? So um, uh, I'm not going to feel sorry for them because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we've had a we've had a shocking period and we'll take any little bit of luck we can get. And uh, as I said, we managed to hang on, so that's good. Well, like you said before the game, it's sort of like the effort was certainly there as well. I mean, the effort deserved a lot today. Oh, yeah, for sure. As I said, I really thought we deserved to, you know, we deserved to win the game, if you like, just because of the 15, 20 minutes spell at the start of the, season, at the, start of the game where we, where we went for them and we were good and Brandon was causing him problems. The diagonal balls that we'd set up were working well and, and um, we had them rattled and we deserved to be ahead. So, um, and then, you know, as I say, Okay, we, we, we hung on, but um, we got three points and uh, that's the most important thing. We got a win finally at home. Um, <laughs> we've hit double figures for scoring goals. So, um, but you know, th those are things that are, haven't been good enough this season, to be honest. You know, it, and, and this three points doesn't, you know, it's only paper o papering over some cracks that we've got. But, um, you know, we, got, we had a squad today. We had, we had a bench today that, that helped us get over the line. Uh, we left people out. Um, so that's a lot different to what it was and you know, Thursday night I think we had nearly 30, uh, 25 training so um, I said to the boys before the game uh, so now after this game we're actually only halfway and um, we've still got 19 games to go so um, that's a lot of points to pick up but it's all good, well and good saying that 
um, the first half of the season in those first 19 games have been woeful and, and haven't been good enough. So we've got a second chance now to try and um, put that put that sort of area wrong. But that's down to the players, to be honest. They've got to they've got to turn up and train. They've got to um, fight for a shirt. They've got to um, not sulk when they're not in the in the squad. Um, someone like Brandon, for example. He's been hanging around since the start of the season, waiting for his chance. And now he's our, um, our go-to player at the moment. So uh, if, if players can show the attitude of him um, over the next 19 games, we'll have a chance. Yeah. But it must be nice to actually have a result like this to now hopefully try and build some momentum as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I'm just going to enjoy this 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 <laughs> game really because uh, well, so I didn't enjoy it, I've got to be honest. But um, no, I've got to, we've got to enjoy the three points. And, um, you know, as I say, uh, we, we've got a sort of a tough trip next week, but but like you say, it's some confidence, it, it's some positivity. You know, everyone's chins are on the ground, and um, you know it's been a tough sort of 19 games, a tough heart, um, first half of the season. But as I said, we got a second, we second bite of the cherry. We're, we, we've got another another go at 19 games, so um, let's see what we can do. Tony Vance, there, Gareth. It must have been uh, nice to to speak to a happy Tony uh, once again. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's, um, it's It's been a long time. Um, yeah, 280 days is uh, quite a wait for a, a side like GFC. You get such good support at, at Foots Lane, but um, it was... Uh, it was a, I'll say it was a merited win. It was one of those that got very nervy over the last sort of quarter of an hour or so, just because it's one of those that, yeah, you just, when you've got a lead, you do tend to sit back and you're um, inviting some pressure. And Sutton Common Rovers, they, they did pose quite a, quite a threat going forward, I thought. But um, overall, I think for the, certainly for the work rate, GFC deserved to take three points from that game. And I thought they started really well. The first sort of quarter of the game, first, say, 15, 20 minutes, I thought they were very, very good. They thoroughly deserved to go ahead. Um, it was a it was it was a good goal in that it was uh, a lot of people involved in it. Um, a free kick had been swung over from by Danny Hale from the right. Um, it had a, perhaps a bit too much on it, but Jacob Fallows did well to sort of make sure he kept it in play. Won it with a typical sort of towering header, and then the ball ended up with Brandon Wallace who crossed it in. Tom Bowden. I'll, I'll sort of give him the assist. I think he was trying to guide it in, but he didn't quite get the full contact on it. And then, uh, yeah, Sam Murray was on hand to poke it home. But, um, yeah, a good poacher's goal, which is what you need, really. It's all very well sort of scoring the occasional corker from, from 25 yards. But you you just need to be able to sort of poach those goals in and around the, the six-yard box. And um, it was great to, for Sam to do that. Hopefully he'll go on and get a few more. It was only our 10th goal of the season, but um, when it leads to three points, it, that, that's exactly what you need. So um, it was a good all-round display. I thought um, the midfield worked really hard. I thought uh, with, they set up with um, Tom Dodds and Dave Merris sort of as holding midfielders. They both really impressed me. Tom Dodds just got a terrific engine on I mean, in about the 95th minute. I'm thinking he's still running around like it was in the first minute. So good for him. It's really important, I think, that Jamie Dodd was back. He just has that sort of that, that calm, composed head as captain at the back. Um, he, I think Jacob looked pretty good considering he went off injured in the previous game and he's quite heavily strapped up down his, his right leg. So um, he did well to get through the game. Keanu Marsh at right back. Um, it was good to see him in, in action considering he went off as well in the previous game. So... Um, yeah, and Tombo didn't actually, I thought, did quite well on the left. He's not a, um, a left-back by trade, and so he did well. And yeah, going forward, Brandon Wallace again looked good. Danny Hale ran hard and posed a threat down the left in the first half. 
Uh, Liam Mahon was sort of a bit more advanced role than usual and Sam Murray got the goal that he needed, the club needed and uh, the three points were were very welcome. Yeah, you mentioned Brandon Wallace there. We've spoken about him a, a bit on the pod this season already. Tony Vance um, saying he's their go-to at the moment and, and, and certainly looks like um, certainly from the last few appearances, being the player that's going to kind of crack sides open. And it, I think one thing that does stand out when he when you watch him, you know, for someone who's had some really serious injuries, um, particularly to his ankles, I think, as you know, as a young man, um, he does not shirk away from getting stuck into tackles. I mean, he just chucks himself at everything. Um, it's really, uh, really quite exciting to watch. Um, certain Camel Rovers um, were clearly pretty unhappy with the performance of the referee. Um, they posted a, a couple of quite pointed um, tweets um, with with a video of the second yellow card that was given to their player for a, a high foot. Were they right to be unhappy, do you think? Um, I must. I, I thought um, the guy who got sent off was unlucky. He said, I thought the first yellow he received was actually harsh. It was, it was just a 50-50 challenge. Um, the nature of the pitch, with it being wet, was that his sort of sliding tackle as such perhaps went on longer than would normally be the case. Um, but I, I literally thought when the referee... Sort of stop play. It was more for the fact that both players remained down injured. I thought this was actually going to be a, a bounce ball to to sort of restart play, and um, he ended up showing a yellow card, which I did think that one was harsh. Um, I'll be brutally honest. The second one I didn't really see because I was still writing a note. The fact that um, I know that Sutton Comoros were desperate for a penalty. They had a huge penalty appeals for for handball. It, it was a shot that got blocked. I mean, I I must admit I didn't notice a hand in amongst it. Um, and I was still writing that note when the when the next <laughs> challenge happened, which ended up with with the with the guy getting sent off. I have sort of seen video footage of it since, but um, yeah, I think to be fair, things went GFC's way on the day. There's I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but we certainly had we've had days where that has been sort of the opposite case. So yeah, as the old cliche goes, hopefully it sort of evens itself out over the season. I can understand why they were frustrated. Um, from GFC's point of view, they'll just take the win and run with with glee. I think. Yeah, quite. I mean, it was one of the first half with uh, Dave Merris, a high foot where he sort of, when the referee pulled the card out, he did out, he did sort of look up to check that it was a yellow and not a red. Um, and there was a moment at the second half where I think uh, yeah, a few people holding their breath um, when uh, when Merris sort of slid in um, yeah. to one to kind of right in front of the grandstand. <laughs> yeah, to be, it was, to be fair, that was another 50-50 challenge. But when he went in, and I think he might have got a bit of the ball, but it was mainly the the opponent who got most of the ball. Um, you did sort of think, oh, he's already on it. The, the immediate thought was he's already on a yellow. Hopefully that's not going to bring a red. And it didn't even bring a free kick. So, uh, <laughs> so he must have got a bit of the ball. It wasn't even given as a foul. So that one, yeah, we take that. And then um, Tony Vance very wisely decided to take Dave off pretty much immediately after that challenge. Yeah, Guernsey have been on the receiving end of some some bad luck um, from an officiating perspective this season. So um, they would do a game like that. I mean, in terms of the table, three crucial points. It doesn't change anything in the positioning. GFC still bottom. Um, but as Tony Vance said, with 19 games still to go, half a season, um, they've given themselves a, a much needed boost there for sure. And it was really fantastic to see at the end. 
you know, we haven't heard the kind of the walk-off music for a while for a GFC victory, and it was fantastic to see um, lots of smiles and, and, and lots and lots of kids um, there to greet the players as they came off at full time. So that was, uh, um, I, I, you know, I'm sure that'll be a big boost for everyone involved in the club, just a, a kind of reminder of what it's all about. Um, well, they go to Westfield next weekend before back-to-back home games at the end of the month against two teams in the playoff places as things stand. So two big games there. Um, well, let's leave it for GFC for now. More reaction to come with Dave Merris, who brought up his 10th appearance for the club on Saturday at the tender age of 42. Welcome back. Um, well, let's get some more reaction now to Saturday's GFC game with a man who's got as much football experience probably as anyone playing in the island. Um, Dave Merris began his career at the turn of the century with Geisley and Harrogate before going on to play in the old third division, now League Two with York City. Um, now, though, after moving to the island um, a couple of years ago and finding his way to Bells, he's heavily involved with Guernsey FC, racking up double figures appearances already this season at 42. Um, yeah, Gareth, he came in for a chat just before and uh, certainly there's no sign from what uh, Dave had to say that he's got any interest in giving up just yet. Yeah, I don't think retirement is a word and he's even contemplated whatsoever. Um, he's certainly fit enough to continue playing football. He's um, kept himself in really good shape and uh, yeah, at, at sort of the level GFC are at, he could undoubtedly have an influence there for, for a couple more years, you'd have thought. Certainly, um, he's, he's, he's uh, brought a good, a wise head into their um, side this season. And um, I think um, in amongst uh, sort of quite a lot of youngsters, there uh, is just what is needed, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it was really nice to catch up with him. Uh, here's that chat. Dave, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much. Great to have Great you here. <laughs> um, let's start with Saturday. Um, you know, obviously it hasn't been an easy season um, so far for Guernsey FC, but how much of a buzz were, was there in the dressing room and when you guys got back in there after that long-awaited win on Saturday? Oh, lads were over the moon. Absolutely over the moon to get the result. Um, obviously it was a little bit difficult towards the end, but I think that we kind of came part and parcel of how much they wanted to kind of get the result especially at home um, so yeah it was uh, it was over the moon it was ecstatic yeah and Vancey um, took you off um, on a yellow card with a, with a little bit remaining <laughs> <laughs> when things were getting a bit heated was that the right decision for he, him? <laughs> he got a little bit nervous a bit too soon I think uh, <laughs> um, yeah probably the one in the halfway line was a little bit close but I, I think I'd have used him at I'm a wise head, I think, and probably calm myself down a bit. But I've got to go with the indecision if he's, it feels like I'm... Well, it must have been a bit of a strange one, because there was a time, and when that challenge happened on the halfway line, I was up in the stand thinking, oh, this could be a bit um, <laughs> dodgy. And it wasn't even given as a foul. No, no. <laughs> so there you go. I know. There's nothing I, wrong with it, obviously. Um, I couldn't tell you if I got the ball. I didn't get the ball. Um, I'm going to say I did got a little bit. Um, must have done. Got <laughs> must have done. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, if... If he feels that that's kind of his decision, then I'm going to go with that anyway. So, yeah, in the long run, probably the right decision. It all worked out in the end. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll come back to GFC and, and Guernsey football in general uh, in a bit, but just give us a potted history, if you will, of, of your um, football journey, I guess, across the last couple of decades. Decades. <laughs> really rubbing it in. Yeah, yeah, way, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, left I said potted history. I know. <laughs> How long were you um, What, left school at 16, went to my YTS. Did that for two years and kind of dropped out of the full-time bit into part-time, back into education, um, then got picked up doing my first year of my degree. So I went back into full-time 
um, at York in League Two. Um, stayed then for three, three or what years, I think, um, seasons. And then back into non-league and then did quite a bit of non-league up to kind of coming over, really. Um, so, but yeah, over a fair few, a fair few games, I think. Yeah. I think, I think I am. And I've not, I've not looked, but <clears throat> I think it might be about a thousand mark or not over. That's a pretty good effort. No, no, perhaps. And, and, and a few sort of back and forth between Harrogate and Guysley. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So we did a little couple of seasons at one and back to another, a couple of seasons there, back to the other. So a little touring and throwing. Um, but yeah, all kind of fairly quite successful with really, promotions and stuff from each one. So yeah, not bad so far. Not bad for an old man. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned that spell at York, um, as you say, including a season in the, well, the, your third division, yeah, I guess it was, was. Then, uh, League Two. Um, uh, yeah, how do you reflect on on that that season, I guess, in particular, playing at that level? And, uh, you know, as you said, the, the sort of, the fact that that opportunity kind of came back to you. Oh, I was over the moon, absolutely ecstatic that I can, I can go back into professional football. And it wasn't actually a bad league, to be fair, though I think there were... Hull, Huddersfield, Swansea, um, I can't even remember half of them, um, and others. I think Hull went on and did the kind of bounce from one league to another and then went up, kind of went up to the Prem. So it was just, it was good good standard. The likes of Lee Trundle up front doing all the oh. fancy little flicks and all that stuff that he does. But from from an experience point of view, it was it was brilliant. He kind of youngish, um, chucked in at the deep end, gone shows what you can do really. Um, but yeah, I loved every minute of it. All the ups and downs and stuff, but it's an experience that you can obviously never have again, but it's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, loved when it. you Lo- savour. Yeah, when you look back at it, you look back and think all the things you've done. Yeah, it, it was a hell of a year, a hell of a season. Loved That's it. a bit of an insight. I mean, <clears throat> pardon the ignorance here, but um, sort of, what sort of crowds would you have been playing in front of, sort of down in, um, in those times? Varied, really. Mm. A couple of thousand. Three, four, mm. and then likes of Huddersfield, Hull, low to mid twenty thousands. Mm. So yeah, KC was probably twenty six, I think, something like that. So yeah, days like that were just outstanding. You thought, yeah, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> what um, uh, what position were you sort of regularly playing back in those left days? Back. You left back, yeah, left back or left wing back was mainly my kind of position that I've probably played. Number of years, yeah. we'll go a number of years, won't tell you how many. But that's yeah, where you feel most comfortable. <clears throat> yeah, that's where I've kind of done my trade, really. Left back, wing back. So, yeah, fitting nicely. Kind of there. And then towards the end, kind of roles kind of changed a little bit. And I, went, I did go kind of a little bit of a sitting midfield role. Um, so that's kind of where I've been between, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Apart from probably centre half at some point and right back filling in or. I don't think I've been keeper. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty played everywhere. And well down the list of well down the list of lads to go in before me. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if you'd said to, well, yeah, if someone had said to you back then that that you'd still be playing at you know a kind of a competitive level at the age of forty two, would you have, would you have had that in mind? Um, I don't know. There's been, there has been times where I have thought about hanging my boots up, and then another opportunity came along and kind of gone on. Um, but I tend to generally keep myself quite fit and well and looked after myself and so I think that's an injury free touch wood sorry about touching the table <laughs> <clears throat> touch wood um, I've not had any major kind of injuries that have mm. 
put me back. Um, so I think that's helped a lot. Um, just generally keep myself nice and fit, really. Is that something you've always worked quite hard at, or does it, has it kind of come naturally? Do you sort of... Um, a bit of both. I've been generally quite... Mum and dad will probably tell me that I've been some kind of hyper kid or something as a kid, <laughs> so I've run around all over the place. Uh, but generally, I've kind of worked quite hard at it and kind of known that that's... Especially in positions like a wing-back, for example, where you, you need to be up and down and kind of working quite hard to close people down, etc. So I always had to kind of... That is one area that I needed to be spot on with. And just general health and fitness, really. I've kind of... That's what I'm interested in, so kind of like that kind of area so yeah had to be a bit of both really yeah well you definitely don't look out of place uh you know on the on the picture you know look, look on saturday i think sometimes when you get <laughs> sounds sounds daft when you get older it gets easier and you don't actually actually do as much running as you would have done when you was mm. 19 20 because you kind of start to read the game a bit better and you kind of understand where you should be and kind of understand what how things are planning out and stuff so weirdly you kind of don't tend to do as as much running, if you know what I mean, because you already put yourself in them positions to kind of read the game a little bit better. But obviously, I'm not saying I'm lazy. And just <laughs> <laughs> efficient, efficient. I'm efficient, yeah. although yeah. efficient, that sounds better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just kind of tend to read the game a bit better now. Yeah, as you said, you know, you've been around non-league football for, you know, a, a good while now. Guernsey FC approaching 10 years in the Isthmian League. How much has English non-league football changed in the time that, that you've been there? Has it got harder? Has the level got oh, better? Yeah, definitely. Because you've got the likes of lads that have not made it in the in the league. They drop down and then it kind of filters all the way down. So, yeah, the lower lower standards do start to get a lot better. And then the likes of clubs going out to academies, pro clubs, and bringing people in, the standard obviously does increase. So, yeah, over the years, it has massively in- increased and kind of got a lot better and to be fair, some clubs do kind of use it as a little a pro club so they try and do as best as they can with the time they've got so kind of the training the analysis kind of all the prep before games they try and do it as right as they possibly can so I think that side of it also is starting to improve as well as well as from a um, kind of a player's point of view, kind of the standard and the level. Yeah, and, and that side of things is obviously, you know, that, that's something that the that GFC have, <clears throat> have kind of really focused on and, and I think Tony Vance uh, and the coaching team have been pretty on top of in terms of kind of creating that that sort of, pro, mm. sort of mini pro yeah. um, colour culture around the club. I mean, is, is that enjoyable for you as a, you know, as an old hand to, to, yeah, to be sort of treated like a- it's absolutely. a proper kind of football club? Absolutely, I think you've got to. I think you've got you've got to have that kind of mindset if you want to go on and be successful. I think that's the mindset you've got to kind of have, and being kind of methodical about your approach to things. So it might be looking at past match reports on them, or getting people to go out. It's difficult, I know, but getting people to watch matches beforehand and see what they've their formations doing, everything like that, it just gives you that. If it gives you that one percent extra that you need that could be between winning a game or losing a game. They're the small bits that you kind of need to be looking at as well. Now, what, what are you, for you, what are the most important <clears throat> attributes, do you think, for, for a player at kind of Guernsey FC's level to be to be successful and, you know, to, to sort of make a good contribution to the side? I mean, what, what, do you try and impart sort of stuff on, on, on your teammates at the moment? Try to, but I kind of, potentially how I kind of play, so kind of me being kind of positive or kind of, Supporting from a supporting point of view, football's probably changed quite a bit from back in the day where it used to be 
cups of tea being thrown at people at half time and boots <laughs> and all that stuff. Whereas kind of now it's more of a maybe not necessarily an around people, but more of a supportive role than a rollicking role, if you know what I mean. But I think the team that we've got currently can be very successful, I think. I think it could be very successful, which kind of like everybody being on, on board and obviously pushing in the same direction. I'm not saying people aren't, but we all need to be a kind of in that mindset to a point where you go into every game and you think, well, we're not going to lose this. We're not going to lose this game. And then Foots Lane then comes like a fortress and people travelling over, we've got no chance. That's, like, that's kind of mindset you've got to kind of set into people. But it's going to take a little bit of time, but the lads that have got, I think probably Guernsey have probably got some of the better players I've played with, to be honest, technically wise. It's just probably maybe the other side of things that we need to kind of work on. But I don't see why they can't be successful. Not too far away. No, I, I mean, don't I, think so. yeah, there's been a couple of only a couple of very one-sided matches in the season. Everything else has been pretty close. Okay, I, I, you know, we've talked about it. The lack of goals has obviously been an issue, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a lot of just one nils, two ones, sort of kind of yeah, very close I mean. games where we very just close. come on the wrong side of. Yeah, exactly. And you think you think of the 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 pot you've got for players within Guernsey. It's not like a team that's an hour away from Gatwick where they can pick anybody within the London area within probably a two-hour radius and just go, hey, go, right, and get another let, let lads. It's not the same, is it? So we're going to So that kind of togetherness and kind of organisation and kind of that want to be successful needs to come from within that small pot that we've got. Yeah, in terms of when Guernsey FC first started and you weren't in the island at the time, Dave, but... Um the, the Ireland side itself had been very successful in winning the National League System Cup. So they yeah. sort of almost knew that they were capable of playing at that level. We've now got sort of quite a group of young kids who, as you say, they're very talented youngsters, might be, but they're sort of making the immediate jump from Prio League to Isthmian. Yeah. And I find occasionally I can look at a player <clears throat> who I know is very capable having seen them, and yet they look perhaps... A, a, a bit apprehensive perhaps going into that level for the first time and they're sort of just trying to find their feet and it, it's almost a case of they just need that confidence don't they to go on and show that actually they do deserve to be playing at that level yeah absolutely and that's a big part of it, isn't it? the confidence part we can all play football with an eyes closed but it's that confidence bit and sometimes the bit between your ears is the problem you're physically fit enough you're technically good enough mm. but the thing between your ears that's what stops you nine times out of ten mm. but yeah the lads that they've got more than capable of going on and being successful. When you sort of took the opportunity or made the decision to actually sort of <clears throat> go to GFC, sort of um, pretty much for this season, wasn't it really? Yeah. Um, did you go there specifically thinking, I, I just want to play at that level? Or were you thinking, I can help out, sort of educate these youngsters as well while I'm there? Um, bit of both, really. Mm. Bit of both. Um, kind of still wanting that challenge, mm. um, even though I'm. Um, number of years um, <laughs> but yeah I still wanted that challenge and I still have that for that that buzz I can't my wife hates me for it but I can't put I can't put the boots down at the moment <laughs> I can't do it um, but yeah so a bit of both mm. obviously wanted that challenge for myself to see if I can still do it but also the other side of it I know I'm, at some point I am going to come to an end of my career before, before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah past that kind of knowledge on mm. to others and then obviously hopefully make them successful and then obviously that continues then so yeah definitely a bit of both mm. 
yeah, when you arrived in the island, I mean, how, how quickly did you get involved? I mean, did, were you looking for a club sort of because you ended up at Bells? Yeah, I was, I was always talking to people before I even got over, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. People uh, were signing you signing on forms, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so it was even before, yeah, before I was even over, I was kind of right, let's have a look what we've got. Um, and then we've got, obviously, a, a couple of friends that are already over there, so they were getting in contact with others, and so that's how it all started. Um, but yeah, I was already... I was only looking. Definitely, I, can't, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't come over um, and not not be in part of football. And then it was an awkward time when we came over. It was in the middle of pandemic, so 2020. Mm. So obviously, GFC was not really happening, mm. was it? It was kind of hit yeah, and miss, yeah, stop, start, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't be in the house too long. <laughs> for both my sanity and my wife's sanity, I think mm -hmm. both needed to be away from each other. For <laughs> what about coaching as well? I mean, have you got much coaching experience, a sort of pure coaching way? And is that something you, you want to pursue as well going forward? Yeah, so just before, I, just before I left, I was doing the assistant manager's role at Scarborough and then obviously stepped away from that. I had to come over, well, stepped away a little bit, went, um, to pick her in, but then came over. Um, but yeah, that was what I was intending to kind of, obviously, playing with Peter out and then I'd go into the coaching side of things. Um, but yeah, it's always something in the back of my mind. I mean, when things stop working. Speaking of Tony Vance this season, I think he's, he's not made any secret of the fact that he's already, well, already, that he's looking for someone to, to take over the, the, the Guernsey FC job at some point. I mean, is that something that you could or have given any consideration to? Um, not until you just mentioned it. <laughs> um, but now, uh, if something down the, in the pipeline comes about, um, we can... Go down them avenues. On the phone tonight. Go down them avenues. Go down them avenues later. But um, I'm currently enjoying my football at the moment. I am. So yeah, just getting back, perhaps a bit more to the short-term GFC. The win on on Saturday was obviously just. A, it, it was a great buzz for everyone there. But as Vancey said straight after the game, it's it's actually only halfway through the season. Are, are the players themselves pretty confident that they they are capable of rising up the table and sort of we, we're obviously in a relegation zone at the moment. Yeah. Uh, confident of getting out of that? <coughs> yeah, definitely. Like you say, only halfway through the season, so I think the number of points you can potentially get are ridiculous. So yeah. it's just yeah, the long long way to go. Yeah, Saturday was a great win, but obviously it kind of means nothing unless we kind of get something from next week and and keep building on those those results. Um, but yeah, long way to go. Majority of leagues are like each other. It's kind of all down to kind of be the most consistent. So mm -hmm. people, teams will pick points up off people and lose points off others. So I think if we just kind of use Saturday as a, a starting point and we can kick on from there and be consistent for the rest of the second half of the season, I think we'll be... Absolutely fine, not a problem. I think we'll kind of rise quite quick. A couple of, couple of obviously injured players coming back in, which will boost everything, especially from a strike point, force point of view. Looking at everything, if you can class a couple of weeks back as rock bottom, we're kind of on his way back up. So 
all positives for me, I think. Well, that's really encouraging to hear. And it was, it was, you know, it was nice uh, on Saturday afternoon watching you on one side of the pitch, Dave Rehu on the other. As Tony said, a combined age of I know. about eighty. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> mention that in a team talk. Yeah. The game. What a way to pick you up. <laughs> two of you, eighty, eighty, combined age of eighty. That's brilliant. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So must have included, but yeah. But, and then you've got yeah. Brandon Wallace, who's, oh, you know, he's don't, covering don't even, more ground at more pace. Than, don't tell me I can be his father or something like that. <laughs> I was, was going to say that. I was going to say that. But yeah, I know. Um, but like I say, Brandon's on fire at the moment. And he's showing him what he, what he can do. So giving the ball. He's, the thing about Brandon is he's just positive. Gets the ball, attacks people, tries to make things happen. So he's looking very good, Brandon. Very good for me. Mm-hmm. And do you consider yourself a, a central midfielder going forward for the rest of the season, or would you rather be at left back? Uh, <laughs> just stick, as long as I'm playing, I stick me wherever. I don't mind. <laughs> I do like, I do like both. To be honest, I like being in the centre midfield where I can be the thick of everything, um, and be annoying, and just <laughs> to break things up. Um, but I also like being at left back. So I've been there for years, but either or. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind, honestly. It was pretty evident, you know, standing on the on the touchline on Saturday, that you know you, you've definitely not got bored of the uh, the chat on the pitch. You're you're right involved in, <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the thick of it. I don't show up. That's the problem. Probably get. Do you actually find being part of the GFC that's something? I don't, I don't want to say we lack because I'm quite happy the way Guernsey play football. But the, I often moan about the antics of some of the visiting sides. But <coughs> it's obviously like just ingrained in non non league culture that yeah. you know people have a go at refs and all that sort of thing and it's just constant whereas we don't do it very often I mean <laughs> like Tony said you almost stood out a bit on the Saturday because you're very polite a, a bit more yeah <laughs> a bit more used to it perhaps <laughs> yeah it is a bit it can be a little bit rough and ready um, obviously this is the first my first taste of kind of the Southern League which obviously was a bit within Northern and they can be quite interesting mm. naughty at times but yeah I think it does it kind of does become part and parcel of it mm. Um, you have to look after yourself a little bit. But yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it is ingrained in me. I've been doing it a couple of years, so it's it's difficult to get it get it out of your system. But it's a nice little release on the Saturday <laughs> the weekend when you've had a little bit of a rubbish week or something. It's nice to get it all out. <laughs> well, maybe some of, the, uh, yeah, some of the younger ones will be uh, following that example. Expect <laughs> a bit more chat. It's a good stress relief, I'll be honest. <laughs> Um, well, it's been a pleasure to catch up. Um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, as Thank you say, hopefully Guernsey FC will keep moving in the right direction now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it absolutely will. Well, thanks for coming in and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers, Dave. Dave Maris there speaking to Gareth and I. Great to catch up with him and um, wish him all the best for the rest of the season. Um, right, let's look back at what happened briefly uh, over the weekend in the Stranger Cup. James Fowler has joined us in the studio. Hi, Jim. Hi. Good to see you. Um, yeah, just fill us in then on the Stranger Cup because we've got a couple of sides through, a couple of teams out and uh, a couple of places still to be decided. Yeah, it's all uh, very clean cut and uh, all set up very nicely for uh, for next weekend. So... Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, anyway, who's through? Saturday uh, North were the first team to go through. They beat Saints four uh, nil. Quite a comprehensive performance by North. I understand Saints a bit disappointing. Though that's their first defeat under Jason Lehman, I think. So um, you know, fair play. They've 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 had a good a good run. Um, but yeah, North uh, in to say, of course, yeah, missing half a dozen uh, juniors again. Uh, you know, a, a decent performance. Avoid I think now by Carl Smith. 
Oh, of course, yeah. And as you know, scored two goals, so clearly makes a big difference. So one guy I would uh, pick out for North, Luke Mollett, has got a, a knack of scoring uh, screaming shots from the edge of the area. And I believe he got another one of those at the weekend. So uh, yeah, well done to North. They're the first team through. Um, also in that league or in that uh, group, you've got um, Sylvans to play St Martin's next Sunday, and the, basically the winner of that will uh, will be the team that goes through because uh, Sylvans beat Bells three two in uh, uh, you know a bit of a topsy turvy game at, um, uh, on Sunday. They got the better of the weather, I think, uh, in the uh, the conditions on Sunday. Um, in the other group, Rovers uh, have uh, gone through. They beat Rec 2-1 in a uh, game that's unusual from uh, in normal Stranger standards because uh, there weren't many goals in it. Uh, normally, there's uh, free-flowing goals in the, in the Stranger Cup on the KG5, but there were very few saves, really, for each keeper to make. Uh, there were a few shots wide and high, as, as per usual, but uh, it's a pretty tight affair. But uh, Rovers uh, deservedly came out on top, I think, 2-1. Uh, two goals for Finn Whitmore, including one from about three yards inside the wreck half, uh, which certainly caught the caught the keeper out. And I'm not sure if that was planned. The way that the, they celebrated it, you know, going over to the bench, etc., I get the impression that somebody at least talked about where, um, where the keeper's positioning uh, might be and uh, uh, Finn Whitmore certainly uh, took uh, took full effect so uh, yes yeah, so, so they're through and the uh, decisive game in that group next uh, weekend is between Vale Rec and the Ireland under 18s who came out uh, on top 5-4 in a thriller against the uh, against Rangers on, on Friday night so that was also a bit of a topsy-turvy game uh, Ireland go two goals ahead Rangers came back level and then they went three goals ahead came back to 5-4 which set up a last uh, interesting last couple of minutes but the uh, the youngsters held on oh, good for them good to see them still in contention as well um, so you floated on Twitter after we'd spoken about it last week about the um, you know the Stranger Cup should it be kind of done and dusted in sort of quickfire fashion after the, the group stages but have you had any feedback to that? Yeah I've had a bit of feedback um, I think there's a I think there's some support for playing the, the playing the games, you know, in that um, short space of time. But I think there is limited support for semi-finals and finals at the KG Five. And personally, I'm fine with that. You know, I just feel that I think North ended up last season playing something like three cup finals in a week, one of which was the Stranger. I, I feel that devalues it. But I guess if it's the only competition you're in with a hope, a hope of then keeps you going throughout the uh, the spring months with nothing hanging on your fixtures. So it's a uh, it's a difficult one, but I'm I'm aware that GFLM have, uh, have got it on their radars. So uh, uh, when there's a change next year, Tony, we'll, we'll be we'll be there to take the credit. Take we, the credit. Exactly. They, might, they might ask us to present the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've got one more round of fixtures next weekend um, in the Stranger, and then it's um, back to the Premier League. Um, so yeah, we'll have uh, more coverage of that, and we'll see how it pans out. Uh, yeah, Premier League. We were just in, uh, noting with interest interest in the Jersey Evening Post uh, today. Uh, Jersey's Premiership, I feel sorry for their footballers. I don't know how many cup games they play, but the league leaders have played... Don't feel sorry for them, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't feel sorry for them in May. That's for sure. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the team that's top of the table have played six league fixtures all season. I mean, 
that is terrible in terms of value for money for your football. And I know in Jersey's Premiership they only play each other twice uh, rather than our three times. But if that's one thing that GFLM is, is correct on, it's that I think that there are uh, league structure and the amount of games that uh, first team games that uh, that teams play is is right in my view. You know, six games is an awful value for a season at this stage. They do seem to have quite a lot of sort of knockout football early on. In the, they have their parishes competition as well, I think, um, sort of early on. But also, uh, I was looking at uh, when, when one of their clubs came over to play in the in the Jeremy, sort of looking at their previous games. They played five games already, none of which were in the league. It's all a bit strange, really. But that's Jersey for you, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, well, that's enough uh, chat about the uh, Jays Premiership. Um, <laughs> anything else to mention before we go? I just want to say it was uh, nice to see BBC One showing some quality um, football on Sunday afternoon with uh, May Letizia playing for Manchester United, although um, she didn't have an awful lot to do because they gave Liverpool quite a pacing, 6-0 it was, and it was thoroughly deserved. I watched quite a lot of the game and uh, yeah, it was pretty quiet for Mayor and the rest of her defenders. And yeah, I think United are actually in with a very good um, shout of the title, actually. They seem to have the momentum in that league. And I know the top two, Arsenal and Chelsea, drew one all on Sunday afternoon. So I think they might be sort of dark horses. I mean, they were talking about getting in Champions League. They could well be um, finishing top of the table. Yeah, it'd be quite a story, wouldn't it? You know, for Mayor to start the season with two goals on debut, if she could finish it with a bit of... Oh, well, I say a bit silverware with the the league title. It'd be amazing. And fair play to you, Gareth, for spending your Sunday afternoon in front of the TV while I was at the KG Five, suffering <laughs> rain, wind, and hail. When so, I saw, yeah. when when you say in front of the TV, James, I was actually at my desk in our office, and it was on one of my two screens while I was planning the rest of the newspaper. Well, there we go. Um, I think it's also worth just quickly mentioning Alex Scott. Um, uh, a week and a bit left of the or two weeks left of the transfer window. There's been a lot of rumours going around. Do we expect him to move? I don't think I'll move in this window, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be playing Premier League probably sooner rather than later, though. I'd be amazed. I mean, I think, yeah, there's no there's no value in the January transfer market, is there? And, and Alex is surely going to be a development pick for somebody. He's not a guy who's going to, uh, you know, keep you up or something like that. And, um, you know, I wouldn't see a transfer coming at this time of the year. Well, the rumours are, are swirling still, um, so we'll uh, we'll keep track of them. But, uh, yeah, I think that's just about it from us on the Guns Press Football Podcast. Thanks again to Rehoy and Son for their support the show and thanks to you guys we'll see you next week cheers, cheers. cheers.